Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sandra Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, Sacred International Journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello and welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions and promote evolutionary thinking. We're coming to you through the leader in responsible paranormal and alternative science programming, the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour we'll be exploring spirits, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's much talk of spirit, yet little explanation of what it is. From ghosts, possessing spirits, and demons, to helping spirits, animal spirits, and angels, every account is different to the point of being downright contradictory. Often I hear people say, spirit told me to do this or that, or my guides instructed me to, you fill in the blank. With the purportedly large population of ghosts, demons, and possessing spirits, it leaves me wondering how the individual knows whom they're speaking with, much less the wisdom of following the advice. After all, just because they're dead or immaterial doesn't mean they're smart. 
please don't misunderstand. It's not to say I don't believe in spirit. As a shamanic practitioner, spirit's my business. What I am saying is that in recent times, we seem to have lost perspective as to what spirit is and what our responsibility is in the landscape of the unseen. Let's talk about so-called negative spirits. We often view negative spirits as demonic things that are always bad to be disposed of or taken to the light, whatever that is, at every opportunity. This inevitably instigates a battle mentality in which we polarize against the evil spirit and blame it for all our woes. Armed with sage, bells, holy water, and scorched salt, we take up arms to dispose of said entity. What if, like everything else according to Einstein, spirit is simply frequency? In this model, evil spirits would simply be incompatible frequencies. In the interest of waxing scientific, let's compare this to the acid-base scale. There are various mechanisms in the body that work together to maintain proper pH balance. The acidity or alkalinity of a substance is measured using pH. The pH scale runs from 0 to 14, with 0 being the most acidic, 14 being the most alkaline, and 7 being neutral. On the physical level, our bodies must maintain a pH very close to 7.4. Anything at the far end of the scale, regardless of direction, whether 0 or 14, is harmful to us. If, however, the pH is at 10, it can be corrected by adding a substance with a pH of 4. In this model, evil becomes relative and dependent upon ambient condition. As above, so below. Spiritually speaking, if we aren't living in a balanced way, we require a frequency correction to function well. The correction required depends upon the imbalance. If we consider acidic, or pH of 0, to be extremely dark, then alkalinity, or pH of 14, would be extremely light. In this model, whether we take something to the light or to the dark is totally dependent upon the imbalance, not whether it's intrinsically good or bad. Regardless of how we frame it, maintaining spiritual balance is very important and much neglected subject in our modern world. In this episode, we'll not only address methods for clearing out imbalanced psychic energy and topics such as spiritual interference, spiritual possession, and spiritual attachment, but we'll also attempt to reframe the concepts in a more scientific format. In an attempt to demystify the subject, we're doing a topic-driven episode series on spirit, in which we'll speak with various experts on the subject. With us this hour to help demystify the subject of spirit is Diana Burley, author of Spiritual Balancing, a guidebook for living in the light. Diana has over 40 years' experience in management, counseling, marketing, and education. She's a registered nurse, certified hypnotherapist, and ordained minister of the Order of Melchizedek from the Sanctuary of the Beloved in New York. She's also a certified Reiki master teacher as well as magnified healing practitioner. She holds a master's in education from Cleveland State University and a doctorate of divinity from the College of Divine Metaphysics in California. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Diana, and together we'll explore the science and the magic of spiritual cleansing, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are aired daily on the XZ Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. 
Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. With us this hour to explore the topic of spiritual balancing and cleansing is Diana Burley, author of Spiritual Balancing, a guidebook for living in the light. Diana has performed thousands of spiritual clearings worldwide for properties, individuals, and animals for over 25 years. Diana's website is earthrelease.com. Dot com. Diana, thank you so much for joining us on the Science of Magic. Well, good morning. I'm excited to be here. We should have fun. Um, so tell me, why do you consider yourself specially qualified in this topic? Well, I've been doing um, spiritual clearings for over 26 years. My first book was called Spiritual Clearings, and I just... Um, designed this program or created this program to remotely remove levels of different energy um, internationally. So I've been doing this a long time, and I've developed um, a teaching program, and it's uh, information in the book, so it could be more user-friendly for people. So, So we're all on the same page. Would you mind defining spirit as you're referring to it here? The spirit to me is just an energy source. Um, I think it's a very interesting concept, what you just presented earlier about the um, pH balance and the frequency. And I had never thought of it that way, but it is a frequency. Um, It can be a high frequency or a low frequency. Is one better than the other? Well, I don't know about the judgments on that. It depends on what people need in their life at the time because they both have value. It's, it seems like judgment can be a problem, though, can't it? Because we end up polarizing? Sure. Sure, we can do that in any way, on any situation, really. Um, and what's the downside of, of going kind of into polarization or judging against things? Well, sometimes um, it limits your beliefs, and sometimes it gets you stuck in a thought form or a belief system that keeps you from moving forward in um, in achieving your goals. Kind of like restricting your ability to take up different frequencies? Sure, sure, because you you get you kind of get familiar with where you are and um and it can be restricting because the more you branch out and the more you increase your vibrations, 
the more things look at a different spectrum for you. So what's psychic protection and why does one need it? Well, to me, I believe that people would benefit from a psychic protection process because it keeps you in your own space. And sometimes um, we walk through other people's thought forms and we pick up other people's thoughts and energies and think they're our own, and sometimes that clouds our perspective. So when you're talking about walking through other people's thought forms and picking them up, is that a form of being psychic? Is that a form of being empathic? What causes that? Well, you don't really have to be empathic, although some people that um, are empathic certainly own those other thought forms, and they take them on as their own. But you don't have to be a psychic to develop um, a negative attitude, for instance. It can be something that you've acquired over time because you've been taking on other people's energies or you've been in situations that are lower frequencies and then you start thinking that way. So how much does the common denominator thought forms or belief systems have to do with this? Oh, I think that's very, very important um, because what you believe is what you magnetize to you many times. And yet we're things. So, you know, if you believe that there is a devil or you're going to see that, then you're going to find it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying we create the things we believe in? I believe that. I believe we do. We have that propensity to do that. How does that work on the spiritual level? Well, if you magnetize, if you wake up in the morning and you believe that the glass is half full and everything is wonderful and positive, you will um, match that vibration with everything that's wonderful and positive. So again, we're speaking frequency. Yes, we are. If you wake up the other way, then you're probably going to have a miserable day. (laughs) what do you consider to be negative psychic energy well thoughts of um, well it can go down to self-harm or it can go out to discrimination for um, and and loss of open-mindedness and loss of love and acceptance and empathy and compassion so it's a it's a far-reaching range it sounds kind of like you either implode or explode with it. Well, I guess people just try to stay even with wherever they are at the moment, but you can carry it out either way. And there is a, a universal law, an ancient law that like attracts like, and there's been lots of information in books on what somebody calls the law of attraction, but th- we're like a magnet energetically. And so we magnetize the thoughts that most fit in with our frequency and vibration. So after a while, you can be layered with all these layers of negative information, and that would be your, that would be your belief system, and that would be how you choose to live your life. So far, it sounds like we're talking about uh, thought forms that are coming from other people. Is that correct? Well, they can be from other people, yes. But they can be at a site like a cemetery or a battlefield or a funeral parlor or a hospital. So they can be dropped off because it's an energetic level and you can walk through them and pick them up in your auric field and then they become part of you. Where do they come from if not from other people? Well, whatever you think is, um, is an energy source, and, and when it's released or spoken, it goes out into the ethers, and it is a vibratory rate then. And then those thought forms um, communicate and collect, and people can walk through them. So there's been situations where people have gone into a place, and it was very uncomfortable, and they had to leave, but they had no reason to think of why they were leaving. They just knew... It felt creepy or uncomfortable or suffocating, and that would be an example that I would believe is um, accumulated thought forms or negative energy. So it still sounds like you're talking about they originate with a human being at one point or another. Yes, yes, 
I believe that's true. Are there any um, negative psychic energy that does not originate with a human being? Well, there's um, yes, there can be other negative energies. There can be um, there's a belief that we have off-planet energies that can be influencing us, and there can be energies from other civilizations that um, it's it's kind of um, it's an unscientific concepts, so it's hard for me to really give examples um, because a frequency can be shown scientifically, but for people to understand it, they'd have to kind of experience it. It's like an experiential situation. So how can a person tell if they're being affected by negative psychic energy? Well, one way is if their mood suddenly changes for no apparent reason. Uh, another thing is if they start thinking about things that they don't usually think about or they had a bad dream or they start feeling fearful for no reason. And I would say those are situations that either there's been negative energy around them or they've walked into it or it was attached to something that they have. So does the... Um, psychic energy we've been talking about is thought forms, but you're talking about feelings here. Can it also come from the emotional realm? Oh, yes. Well, I thought those were thoughts, too. But, yes, they are. It's, the emotions can create that, too. Um, mostly fear and anger are the, the major ones. Rage and anger and fear and terror and those kind of things can also be released and they can go out into an energy and um, people can walk through that and think that that is theirs, that they own it that way. How about the other side of the scale? How about love and kindness? And Yes, and you would know that, that that's a, a good um, concept. That You find that when you go into a church or you go into a spiritual place, um, you feel very open and loving and warm and care, cared for and nurtured. Um, yes, so it, it's all different levels of the spectrum. How can we tell if we're creating negative psychic energy for others through our projection or negative thoughts? Well, one way, I think, is if you want to know what you're pr- projecting, just look around and see how your life is working. Um, are you, do you live in clutter? Do you, are you negative? Do you have many friends? Are things working for you or not working for you? And the opposite is, is everything working? Are you happy? Do you wake up joyful? Do you sleep well? Is life um, an adventure every day? So the barometer can be um, what's around in your life at the present moment. Where does denial fit into this? Well, denial can fit in on any level because you can do the blame game and think it isn't anything about you. It's They're doing it to me. That's one thing. Or you can blame your parents or you can blame your ex-husband or wife or your boss. <laughs> so that's that's avoiding the whole situation because change begins with each person and Spiritual growth is an inside job. It's only you can do the traveling. So if we're denying it and blaming it on other people, what does that do as far as our responsibility and our ability to change things? Well, the interesting thing about change is that you have to be uncomfortable to change. If you're not uncomfortable, then you're not going to make any changes or or, um, adjustments in your life. So... In order to change, you have to know that something is, um, you have to be aware that you want to be something different or do something different. So there has to be an awareness there, or people will keep on doing the same patterns over and over. By this then, sometimes feeling negative can be a catalyst? Uh, In such way, I'm not clear. Um, so sometimes if we're not feeling well, we're not feeling right, we're not feeling like our life is working, that can serve as a catalyst for change? Oh, yes. If you, if you want to say, you know, I've got to do something to, to get, have an attitude adjustment. 
um, this isn't working for me, and I've got to, okay, go to church, or i got to say some prayers, or I need to start painting, or, yes, it, I think that is the, the word is catalyst. That's a great word for what I'm talking about. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break. Diana and I will return to our discussion on the flip side, so don't go away. We're okay. coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. 
Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A Soul Balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back, folks. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What we cover is hot. For in-depth exploration of leading-edge subjects from numerous authorities and viewpoints, join our email family to receive our topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Our guest this hour is Diana Burley, author of Spiritual Balancing, a guidebook for living in the light. Diana, let's talk a little bit about spiritual interference. What is spiritual interference? Well, from my experience, spiritual interference is an attachment that attaches to people's auric field and can manipulate their um, thoughts or their actions. So where does it come from? What causes it? It can come from a number of things. Um, One, it can be... um, somebody who's passed on that has an attachment and doesn't want to move to the next level in the transition and they become earthbound and so they attach to um, another living person. Um, And sometimes it happens on the battlefield. They're called soul fragments where uh, people um, are injured suddenly and are dying and it went so fast that they get confused and get trapped and so they attach to another soldier. So how how does this attachment happen? I think it's just um, an energetic situation that, that that energy moves from one source to another and attaches to another being's frequency and vibration. Does the, other being, alive. does the other being have to have a, a level of, of uh, energetic agreement, kind of like be aligned with them for that to happen, or can they just jump on anybody? Well, sometimes there is a contract, a spiritual contract that was written before this incarnation, and sometimes it's just being in the wrong place at the wrong time, like in a situation, sometimes you will find that after you've had um, a surgery, or been in the hospital in intensive care or something for a long period of time, that you will come home and have a personality change, or you will feel um, different emotionally, that you have kind of brought home a hitchhiker of an energy that was at the hospital. And sometimes it can be just being around um, very negative places where people are using drugs, for instance, and then it will just attached to whoever's around the area. So does it attach to the people using the drugs or does it attach to the other people? Both. The people with the drugs have those kind of entities which sometimes promote them to take the drugs because they want to live vicariously through what the drug uh, experience is. And sometimes it's just being in that area where there's been a lot of drug activity that um, those energies are... Uh, present and people can walk into those and have them attached to them. It's so, just an energy. As a, as a nurse, you've been in hospitals. Um, is there some kind of scientific proof about about this going on, this exchange? I'm not aware of a scientific proof of that. I know they have done some scientific studies about the soul leaving the body at death and that they... Um, actually, the person's body is lighter by six ounces or something like that. But um, I don't know if they've done any paranormal um, studies. If they have, I have not seen them printed anywhere. Then, then how do you find out that this is true? How do you know this is true? It's mostly by people's behavior and reactions and the family's concern. Sometimes after people have a transplant, for instance, they'll have... Um, some kind of craving for beer and, and 
brats or something that they never ate in their whole life, or they'll have some personality changes. That that's pretty common with um, transplant activity, and usually it's a subjective thing or it's observed by the family. How does that relate to a spiritual attachment or possession? Well, it's a form of one. There's many forms, but that is one. A soul fragment is a form of a spiritual attachment. Um, but the the organ was taken from someone that died and put in another individual. It doesn't seem like an attachment necessarily, is it? Well, part of the soul fragment might be attached to that organ. I mean, it's a systemic situation. Our our body is an electromagnetic field. So sometimes the electromagnetic energy that goes to that organ can have part of that person's um, information on it, like a computer. How, how can you tell if you're dealing with a mental issue, a, prob- a person having mental problems and delusions, versus someone that's dealing with a spiritual attachment? You know, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I, I know how to do it because I've been doing this for so long, and I've had um, experience as a psychiatric nurse, and I've also had my other experiences with uh, spiritual clearings. And I would say that um, the delusional and the mental illness is uh, more exaggerated and inconsistent, where if someone has an attachment, it's pretty consistent that they always have these this anger or this fear or or they did some kind of behavior like self-cutting and they never did that ever before. Like there's been a dramatic change where somebody with a, a mental illness, it's probably they have a history you can tell by the way they talk and um, and, and some of their history, what, what they're saying, what they're communicating to you. But can't that same thing happen if they've had a traumatic event they may or may not remember and a sudden change, particularly in children? Well, yes, children, it's a whole different level, yes. Um, Children sometimes have entities attached to them at the birth experience if they've had a difficult birth because the birth experience is our first trauma. We're in a nice warm womb and all of a sudden... (laughs) We get catapulted out into this sterile, cold operating room with everybody wearing masks. And um, and so they come in with, so an entity comes in because the aura is open because of the shock. And they go through their life with this entity and don't even know it's not theirs until later in life sometime. So yes, it, it is hard to discern with children. So what makes them different? The children? I mean, can't, can't, a, can't a, an adult have a traumatic event that they don't necessarily remember and uh, suffer a dramatic change oh, without yeah. it being I would an just, No, for sure. That can happen on any age. I was just giving the birth experience as an example. Um, for the first time, we have a trauma that that situation could occur. Does being born always result in some kind of an attachment? How do we know no. who we are if that's the case? <laughs> I think we spend our life finding out who we are, don't we? (laughs) So it sounds like a mixture of the good, bad, and ugly. It might be us. It might be something else. We might have attachments. How do you tell the difference? Well, the the way one way you can tell the difference is to do an entity release or do um, um, do some kind of saging or do some changes in your environment with um, essential oils or something, and then there's a difference. And when you notice the difference, then then perhaps you would understand that there was something there before. You can say prayers, and you can. There's lots and lots of ancient techniques to change the vibrations in a home or around yourself. And sage is probably the burning that is probably the oldest one. Why does sage work? Well, it's just got a purification. substance to it. That's why the Native Americans used, um, well, actually, they used three main herbs that I know of for purification, and that was sage and sweetgrass and green cedar. And those had some purities in their essence as plant essence that 
somehow changed the vibrations in the situation. So in the Catholic Church, for instance, they use frankincense. And I'm sure there's other um, situations that some people use lemon juice. I mean, there's lots of different things you can use, but they come from the plant kingdom, most of them. It's kind of an interesting idea. Why does this work? Well, it does something uh, to our vibratory rate. It changes the frequencies in our auric field because, again, we're electromagnetic beings. And we have circuits that go through our body um, called um, meridians, and we have layers of our auric field, and we have chakras, and we have a lot of electromagnetic situations and systems in our body, and it can change the biochemistry of it somehow and, and lighten it up. With, with more light in it, it lightens up. Well, that part I get. But what I don't understand, I mean, we might just be dealing with an energetic imbalance in the body that different herbs or essential oils or drugs can help correct. That's not a possessing spirit. That's not an entity. No, I didn't say that was. No. I'm just saying that sometimes if you use those substances, you will feel better and your environment will feel better, and then you might have realized that there had been something there previously. What if the imbalance goes the other way? What if what you're adding is increasing the imbalance? Well, I don't know of a situation like that, but that certainly is an option. That that certainly could happen if you don't have the proper balance. So I, if somebody I can't, out- think of a, I can't think of a situation though that I could relate to about that. You know, um if somebody out there thinks, "Oh, somebody has a possessing spirit and they start waving sage at them." What can they expect? I mean, is, is just lighting sage going to take care of it? Does somebody need training? Well, it's, it's a complicated process. I mean, uh, sometimes you have to go to a specialist or a priest or something if it's very severe. But sometimes when you change the vibration in a room or around a person, the other ener- and, uh, the other frequency is uncomfortable, and it will go and find a like frequency and leave. What so it's if kind the, of like a deterrent? <laughs> <laughs> what, what if the frequency, the entity or whatever is attached, is more powerful than the natural expression of the human being? Then who leaves? Well, I always think that if the person doesn't like where they are, they can seek the proper help and that other energy can be removed and the person can reestablish equilibrium. If the entity has attached itself, if it's stronger than the individual, how do you know who ends up leaving and who ends up staying? Well, the only people I find are the ones that end up staying because they find me and I release it and then they're back to normal. So I don't know who makes that decision. I, we all have free will. So I guess if it's really uncomfortable, then somebody might leave. And but I, do you, I, I've not met those people. <laughs> are you sure? Well, when they seek, seek my help, they're looking to um, balance out where they used to be or... We're gonna, I'm sorry, we're going to have to take a break. Diana okay. and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one interested. Our guest this hour is Diana Burley, author of Spiritual Balancing, a guidebook for living in the light. Diane, how can a spiritual attachment come can can some can a spiritual attachment come from someone that's alive as well as someone that's crossed over? 
Well, I don't even know if I can explain it, but it is a splintered soul fragment that can attach to someone and be in their head. Um, I know it sounds so far out. So um, I really don't know the dynamics of how that happens, but sometimes you hear your mother's voice in your head all the time, and that can be a soul fragment. A soul fragment of your mother? Yes. So it's a form of projection? Yes. That's exactly what it is. Boy, we are a mixed-up mess, aren't we? (laughs) We could be. (laughs) It's important to be aware. Uh, Be aware of your thoughts. And if you're aware of your thoughts, then you can change them because we do have the power to change our mind and our beliefs and our attitudes and our values. So how did you end up being kind of an expert on this subject? Well, it started out um, because I was a hypnotherapist in Ohio and I moved to Arizona and I was working with phone clients and they started having attachments and all sorts of things that I couldn't deal with in person. So somehow over the course of time, I started doing some studies with... um, Spirit Releasement Therapy, William Baldwin, he has um, since passed on, and his wife, Judith, and I, I went and took training in California, and then I got into developing my own way, and it just became part of what I did on the job training. You know, it's hard to pinpoint exactly when my life turned, but <laughs> it, it kind of happened and seemed very organic as it was going along. Well, you know, these um, skills are, you know, ancient. They're shamanic in nature, like 50 50 or 60,000 years old. However, it seems like it's difficult to find training in the modern world for it. Uh, Where did your teachers train? Um, I don't know exactly where William Baldwin trained. I think he developed it on his own um, through Edith Fiore that wrote the book The Unquiet Dead, there's a whole group of people that have since, since passed on that were into remote viewing and different um, modalities like that. And he coined the phrase spirit releasement therapy and wrote a manual on it and started teaching it many, many years ago. I'm not sure where he learned his information. So what happened in your life that put you on this present path? It seems uh, divergent from where you started. Well, in a way, I want to help people. So nursing, I was helping people, and then hypnotherapy, I was helping people, and now I'm just helping people using both of those (laughs) techniques because um, I help people try to stay healthy. One of the ways you stay healthy is to keep your body healthy because it's the only place you can live, right? right? And then I want to help people have a better life So, uh, and I was brought up in a difficult childhood with um, uh, alcoholic parents, and so I kind of know what it's like to be in the low-density area of life and how to break out of it, so I guess that's why I want to pay it forward, you know, and help other people. How can you tell if a person is experiencing an attachment or a full-blown possession, or is it a continuum of sorts? Well, I don't really see anybody with a full-blown possession. I, I, I can tell um, from attachments by some of their history, like this was the way I was on this day, and after this day, everything changed. So there's kind of a significant time frame where things have totally turned around or changed or gotten worse. And then when I ask them what happened at that time, like they say everything was good except three years ago. And then you find out that's where my therapy techniques come in. I kind of get cut to the chase quickly. And then um, I have some dialogue. Sometimes I have dialogue with the entity while I'm releasing it, and it was there to help this person, and it didn't know it was interfering, and it decides that it will leave. So they're they're not all malicious. I think you said that earlier in in the um, interview today. They're not all malicious, they're just confused, or sometimes they're just, um, they're not sure what they're supposed to be doing, or they just wanted a warm home. (laughs) What happens when uh, a a good depossession goes bad, when you run into one that's not willing to leave? Uh, 
I really haven't had that experience, um, but I do call in. I do work with archangels. I work with 12 archangels, and they actually are the angels and the beings and the frequencies that remove the entity. I don't remove the entity. Are, are, are you a, a certified therapist? Yes, certified hypnotherapist. Okay, and so how does the hip, hypnosis help with depossession? Well, sometimes when the um, person is relaxed enough, then I can talk to the entity through them. They're actually, the entity and I have dialogue, and the person is kind of out of the way. I don't know, it's kind of, that sounds very displaced, but um, it's a state of mind where I can actually have dialogue when the other person is relaxed. So when so you're talking about... When you're talking about a dialogue, is the entity actually speaking through the person? Like yes. the verb, verbal things you're hearing? Yes, yes. Like I'll ask them, um, when did you come in to Sam? And they'll say when, when he was three. And I'll say, well, what was the situation that brought you in? And he'll say he fell and hit his head on the pavement when he fell off his bike. And then I'll ask, what were you here to help him do? And he'll say, the entity will say, not be afraid. And then I'll ask the person if they want this entity still be around, they'd say no. And then we, we have this whole process where the person releases it and the entity goes. That's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> so when, um, when you're working in this way with someone, it sounds like it could be pretty traumatic for the person to suddenly recognize, oh, I've been carrying a... Uh, um, possessing spirit since I was four, do you interface with psychotherapists then if they start having emotional difficulty around it? Uh, I would refer them on, but mostly it's a relief. Mostly, I've never had anyone traumatized that I've worked with. They're like, I've always thought something wasn't right, or that makes sense, and then they'll tell me the situation. I, I didn't ask them if they fell off their bike, you know, so... That is a new awareness that I didn't know about, and the other person will confirm it and go, yeah, things were different from there. So I find it that it's a big relief that how this part has, is removed. How many people have you worked with in this regard? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing this um, since 83. I, I don't know. I don't do it all the time. It's not very common. Um, I wrote a, a technique in my book so that people could do it themselves um, at some level. It's just energy, and it's just a frequency, and it's not anything like Rosemary's Baby or The Exorcist or all the media hype. So people can remove their own entities, their own possessing spirits? Well, some of them, if they're, they're not possessing, if they're just attached to their aura, yes, they could. It's a chapter in the book uh, called um, Eliminating Barriers. I have a technique in there. How long does it take? Oh, about 10 minutes. So is this something that you recommend people keep up on, like taking a morning shower? No. I think when there's a sudden change, it's like an auto accident or something changes in your life and it, it doesn't feel right, then that might be a situation that they try. But most so people that have entities are searching for someone to help them, and there's not a lot of information out there in the public, which you probably already know. It's kind of a secret thing nobody talks about, which is why probably why you have this radio series. <laughs> why do you suppose it's such a hidden subject, people don't talk about it? I guess there's a lot of fear because of what the media has done. Would you speak there's to that a little? There's fear around it, fear and shame. So I don't know which of those is the top emotion, but it keeps people from seeking help. And they, they also think that people will view them as having a mental illness. They won't believe them. There can be a futility, fi- yeah. There can be a fine line there, can't there? Yes, there is. There can be. I mean, being, being affected by entities, I would think, would make one mentally ill. Well, it does... It does make you confused a lot and sometimes you don't make good choices. So if you were to tell someone uh, one of the prime, primary signs that there's somebody else on deck, what would it be? 
I would just say if all of a sudden you um, have a, a change of attitude um, very quickly. I was I used to live in Sedona, Arizona, and I was walking and hiking one day, and it was beautiful, and I was happy, and all of a sudden came over me was this fear. It just was a big, like a big fear cloud, and I didn't I'm know quite, what it was. You know, time flies, and I'm afraid we're out of it. Thank you so much for being on The Science of Magic, Diana. Our guest this hour has been Diana Bertley. Her, the, this has been The Science of Magic. For in-depth exploration of leading-ed subjects from numerous authorities and viewpoints, join our email family to receive our topic-driven episodes at thescienceofmagic.net. Love to hear you from you. Comments, questions, or suggestions, email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you explore the land of spirit. Show.